Howdy, y'all, and welcome to another episode of The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer, so grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to brew your brain as we give a rundown on today's dates and some interesting historical facts, and to sharpen your wit as I toss out some random musing and facts just to get your brain gears turning, and hopefully a time to enrich your faith as we talk about our walk with Jesus. And so once again this week, it's John and Carla bringing you Brew and Sharpen on the Daily Grind. Carla, glad you're with me this week. Hello, John, and hello, Daily Grind family. It is good to be here. And we'll get this show on the road. Now, this date in 1901, the Boxer Rebellion in the Qing Dynasty, China, officially ended with the signing of the Boxer Protocol. Do you know what the Boxer Rebellion was? I'm sad to say I can't remember. That's all right. It's been a long time. Yeah. (laughs) I had to go look it up to refresh my own memory. But it was a rebellion and an uprising of the Chinese against too many foreigners. Oh. And their fear of colonialism and such. So it was a secret society known as the Boxers began a violent campaign to expel all foreigners from China. And in 1901, they martyred over 200 missionaries in the Boxer Revolt. Yeah. The rebellion was finally quelled, though, with a joint military expedition of eight foreign powers. The United States, France, Germany, Great Britain, Italy, Japan, Russia, Netherlands, and France all said, no, we would prefer to make our presence known. I don't know. It's a weird kind of mix of kind of what's going on there about sovereignty of a nation and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. In 1940, on this date, Germany's blitz air attacks began on London. Oh, wow. On this date, lighter note, in (laughs) 1963, the Pro Football Hall of Fame opened in Canton, Ohio. How about that? And on this date in 1968, Bingo, Drooper, Flegel, and Snorky, (laughs) the Banana Splits Adventure Hour debuted on NBC. Okay. Memories. And just as a reminder, yesterday was Fight Procrastination Day. <laughs> yes. September seventh oh. is National Neither Snow Nor Rain Day. Okay, sort of post. That, yep, post office. You're exactly right. It, com- it commemorates the opening of the New York Post Office with their Farley Post Office building in September 4th, 1914. And their slogan was neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night days these couriers from their swift and completion of their appointed rounds. Gosh. September 7th is also Beer Lovers Day. Okay. It's Napoleon Day. <laughs> okay. It's Salami Day. All righty. And it's Grandma Moses Day. Oh, what an eclectic mixture of celebrations. Celebrate, <laughs> just take your pick. And my favorite Grandma Moses quote is that if she had not taken up painting, she says she probably just would have raised chickens. <laughs> 
Okay. So. Oh. Would have been our loss. Mm -hmm. And now it's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. In The Wizard of Oz, Toto was played by a dog named Terry. (laughs) And he earned $125 a week. What? During that film. Yeah, and that's back in the 30s. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Huh. Now, depending on how long ago and how far away, we could theoretically view the events of Star Wars through a large enough telescope. Okay. <laughs> well, it just says in a galaxy far, far away, far, a long time ago. I'm I guess saying so. depending on those. Right. The Hubble. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Can happen. <laughs> the average person's left hand does 56% of the typing on a keyboard. <sighs> Ah, huh. Hmm. She says, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe check it out. Challenge it. Again, you can always push back. I'm, I, we're open to being fact checked <laughs> by the Daily Grind <laughs> Nation. <laughs> Won't hurt yes, my feelings. Are. The plastic tip on the end of your shoelace, you know what that thing is called? Uh, I do know. It's like an aglet or something like that. Oh, aglet. Yes. Aglet. Okay. All right. Yes. Very good. Hmm. Julius Caesar once said, men are quick to believe what they wish were true. Exactly. I know. Still. I think he was right. Yeah. Still. A group of crows <laughs> really should be called a crowd because it's like CRW. Yes. I mean, like cr- a crowd of crows. Right. That makes more sense. But do you know what a group of crows is called? <laughs> no. A murder. No. <laughs> Okay. It is a murder, a of, murder crows. of crows. That's got to Edgar Allan Poe vibe yes. to it. Well, <laughs> and so speaking of Poe, a gathering of ravens is called an unkindness. This is so new to me. An unkindness okay. <laughs> of ravens. Yeah. And a murder of crows. And a murder of okay. crows. Yeah. A selfie with three or more people should be called a groupie <laughs> right okay I'm, yes. I'm just gonna start right. to, on a campaign to when uh, people go let's get a selfie and it's a whole bunch of people i want to go that's no, not, not a, a selfie. selfie yeah right that's a groupie, groupie. or something <laughs> i'm open to a better word i don't know mm-hmm. i'm telling you though i would avoid going to the autopsy club's party <laughs> On on open mic night. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm busy that night too. Oh my gosh, I, I don't want to see you guys open mic. Oh. So, <laughs> and now it's that time on the daily grind to enrich your faith. You know, I think a lot of us feel cranky or get irritable when life throws little annoyances our way, and we don't usually pay much attention to our irritability. And some Christians might pray about it, but when was the last time that you asked the Lord to help you stay patient with that other person who always seems to find a way to miraculously get on your last nerve? I think we should actually take irritability more seriously because when you think about it, it is the opposite 
of love. In 1 Corinthians 13, 5, it says that love is not irritable. So irritability and love are polar opposites. It's not just complaining. It's actually a form of hating. And it's a kind of hating towards others that comes straight out of really sinful self-love. We're going to look today at Mark 6, 30 through 44 to see how Jesus dealt with an irritating situation involving his disciples. And understanding maybe why we get irritated can help us tackle it. So the 12 have just returned. Uh, hungry and exhausted, but filled with stories of success because Jesus had just sent them out to use his power to perform all kinds of miracles. Jesus plans a retreat. So they board their boat and they intend to find a secluded place to rest. But the 12 kind of fall victim to their own success. And the people recognize them as well as Jesus. And they follow so quickly that some of them reach their destination before the boat lands, the Lord. And so at night, they're kind of going, hey, we need to get rid of this crowd and find some food. And Jesus challenges them to provide the food themselves. And despite their recent experiences performing miracles, this leaves them stymied. I mean, they're stumped and probably not in the best mood about all this. And it's Jesus who uses a boy's lunch to feed thousands. And again, invites the disciples in to that miracle to be the people who distribute the food to them. So today we're going to look at the basics of irritability. And I'll put his name and his book in the show notes. I'm taking some of this out of Loving the Way That Jesus Loves by Philip Graham Ryken. The basics of irritability. Who gets irritated? Well, everyone does. Even people really committed to serving the Lord. When Paul wrote to the Corinthians about love not being irritable, he was talking to believers actively involved in their local church. So even if an apostle can get irritated while hanging out with Jesus, it's no surprise that we can too. When we start to feel exasperated, we should recognize it as a failure to love, not just being annoyed, just like 1 Corinthians 13 tells us. Now, when do we get irritated? Well, the disciples were tempted to get irritable after a long, tiring day. That happens to all of us too. When we're physically weak, we are more vulnerable to spiritual problems. So if you find yourself getting more irritated than usual, maybe you just need to get a snack or take some rest. Parents are always going to remember this when their kids are getting cranky. Taking care of their physical needs can help them fight against this. But notice that the disciples were tempted to irritability right after they had successfully been used by God. I think the strongest temptations can come when we've just been busy with God's work. The enemy wants to undo our progress, and we should anticipate when we're likely to be physically or spiritually weak and pray for the Holy Spirit's help during those times. When we're weak, we can only be strong through God's power. And so how does irritability affect others? Well, basically, 
it makes us want to avoid them. I mean, when the disciples were irritated about waiting for dinner, they wanted Jesus to send everyone away. That wasn't the only time they tried to keep people from Jesus. They did the same thing when mothers were bringing their babies for Jesus to bless in Luke 18, 15 through 17. When we're irritable, we want to distance ourselves from others, whether it's family, neighbors, classmates, co-workers, even if it means keeping them away from Jesus too. Our frustration isn't just a failure to love others. It is a failure to love God. So irritability makes us put our own desires ahead of what others need. And if possible, we try to avoid their needs altogether. The real problem lies within us, not the other person. We need to be honest about this because we often blame people around us for our sinful reactions. What irritable people need, what we need, what I need, is more of Jesus's love. I know that sounds oversimplistic, but there's no self-helping your way uh, out of irritability. In fact, it'd be tragic if you got on top of it and you did it all in your own power because it would still be in the flesh. Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So what do I need? What do we need? Well, we need the love of Jesus. We need more of Jesus's love. Fortunately, we see this love in Mark's story of the feeding of the 5,000. We find not only an example to follow, but we see a savior to welcome into our lives, a savior who can transform anger into love. Everything Jesus did in this story is the opposite of what his disciples did. And that's because Jesus really is everything that we're not. He embodies non-irritability, which is just another way of saying that Jesus is love. As always, it is just a privilege to have you join me on the Daily Grind. I want to thank you for taking time to just be with us through all the segments today. Again, I'm going to just ask for your feedback. I really do want to know what you're getting out of the Daily Grind, how it could be better. What kind of things would you like to see more of or less of? Please click on that link in the show notes and give me some feedback. I'm also going to tell you, I would love it if you would send me some things to throw in during Sharpen Your Wit, whether it's just a odd bit of truth or uh, even a good dad joke. I hope that everyone listening just has a great Thursday or whatever day you're listening to The Daily Grind. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus.